The BRICS group is set to introduce a new currency backed by gold, in contrast to the credit-backed US dollar, with countries lining up to join the growing initiative. I'm Vince Lancey. This is the Silver Fix by Arcadia Economics. Uh, there's a couple things I'd like to talk about. We're going to touch on the silver that's been in the news for the week, for the last week or so, actually. Um, and we covered a lot of it. Arcadia covered a lot of it. Gold Fix covered a lot of it. And then some of it was out there, even at the mainstream media level. Um, and I want to touch on the BRICS uh, meeting coming up with the whole gold standard thing. And I, of course, you know, I'm going to throw water on it. I always throw water on these things because we're in it to win it. We're not in it to get high, snorting, you know, Ajax. Uh, you know, we're not doing that. We're, we're in it to win it. So uh, so I'll give you the, the real deal on that. And then I want to, I'm work, I've been working on something for a while off and on uh, about eligibility and register. And that's a big deal. And there are some people out there that really know what they're talking about. And they're putting that information up on a daily or weekly basis on Twitter, uh, doing some analysis on warrants and things like that. And I think there's some good stuff out there. But I think by and large, because there's such a small community that really knows in depth what's going on, uh, there's a large community that follows along and tries to keep up, but they're really not sure what the implications are. And they take their cues from other people. So I would like to start, uh, I started basically compiling what these things mean, literally, you know, textbook wise, and, uh, and also uh, how they can be interpreted uh, in the mainstream, mainstream meaning all of us, not that mainstream, and then how they can be and are interpreted by the real professionals, um, the people who are taking the metal in and out, not us. So uh, I started compiling this and I wanna show that to you. We'll get to that in a second, but why don't we start with this? Uh, let's start with this. The BRICS gold standard. The headline is, is gold-backed currency to potentially be launched at the BRICS meeting in August uh, as an alternative to the dollar SWIFT system. And what I just said to you is true. Uh, uh, what it is and what it is not. I did a couple long, long posts on this recently and a billion other posts for the last, you know, decade. Um, but this is what this is what I want you to walk away with for now. The quote is that on August 22nd through 24th, the BRICS nations will most likely announce that they are in the ante room, uh, uh, the beginning of uh, considering, they're going to use all these nebulous terms, considering rolling out uh, a currency for multilateral trade uh, among commodity trading nations in their own local currencies. So what does that mean? Well, it means that there's not, there shouldn't be, I could be wrong, you know, if I'm wrong, that's great, right? But there shouldn't be a rollout. You don't launch something like this at a meeting and have it not work. You need a lot of things to work for that. But what they're doing is they're making an announcement. It's a, it's a soft launch. Between now and August 22nd, August 24th, expect a ramp up in attention given to this by the media. 
Don't let it sucker you into getting long or getting short. Just watch how it unfolds. It's going to unfold like a debt ceiling event. Uh, there's going to be talk about it. And then there will either be a debt ceiling uh, resolution or a problem. There's always a resolution, but this is not, in that sense, it's not a debt ceiling. You will have an announcement of some sort. Now, if you look at the news, you're going to see two types of news reports. You're going to see the, the, um, uh, the news report that says, we're launching it. That's the, that's the RT news report. In fact, let's play that one. The BRICS group is set to introduce a new currency backed by gold, in contrast to the credit-backed U.S. dollar, with countries lining up to join the growing initiative. I'm going to stop right there. That's it. That's the RT. Uh, that's the Russian-sponsored uh, news, which is really no different than the U.S.-sponsored CNN in terms of propaganda. And Russia likes to roll stuff out. They like to tease. They like to push. They like to see. That's very, very polling of them. China, on the other hand, doesn't like to do that. So if you go to, say, uh, Bloomberg, you're going to see BRICS Bank CFO sees no move anytime soon towards common currency. That's true. See, both of these things are true. Both are true. They're launching individual currencies, their own, that will be implicitly backed by gold and silver down the road. They're not releasing a common currency. They're going to keep trading their own currencies. So they're not lying. They're also not going to roll it out along one day. But, you know, just be aware. There's not going to be an announcement that if there is, you know, wow, that's great. But I doubt it. Just be aware that uh, this is coming out and uh, it's going to happen and it's going to weaken the dollar against global currencies. The dollar is going to be down 30% in the next couple of years or so. All right. So that's what I wanted to touch on. Silver in the news. Come on. There's been so much of it, right? All right. So these are the stories that I have up, right? Peak China silver, the looming extinction event. That's the, the piece that I that I, I joint, jointly wrote with uh, Bai uh, Xiaozun, comrade in China. We're going to use the word comrade still. Uh, not all silver is the same. Related to that, we're talking about the silver at various points in supply chain, also co-written with Bai. China solar silver panel demand. Related to what Bai and I were talking about, Bloomberg, the world's appetite for solar panels is squeezing silver supply. Yes, that's they're they're writing that because it's getting it's, people are paying attention now. Okay, people are paying attention. Uh, peak silver in China. This is the first piece I did with Bai. Uh, this is Bai's piece that I built on uh, growing global demand. Arcadia, right? You've got you've got Chris who did a very nice piece uh, analyzing the Bloomberg story, and I can give you the counter to that. Uh, meaning we want to be careful of this, that, but no, it's just it's it's all true. It's all true. It's a problem, and it's it's even more true because technologically, in terms of silver supply or demand, I should say, technologically, one of the things that you know we talk about Moore's law of computing. Well, as as technology gets better, they get to spread lesser and lesser applications. You know, you can use a thinner coat and still get the same effect, and that's what's been happening for the last five years. But recently, uh, it's actually ramped up, meaning. They want more efficiency. So they're not skimping on the silver. They're probably skimping on the metal frame or they're skimping on whatever, that, something else. But they're using more silver. The new silver solar technology is going to use about twice as much silver 
uh, than the current technology. So as solar panels turn over, and that's what they do, as they get trashed and reused, you're going to have scrap come out of that. But you're also going to have, for every 10, you know, units, you're going to be using 22 to replace it. So that's something uh, to consider. All right. So what we're going to do here very briefly, very, and I'm not going to go through the whole thing because I want to make sure that I'm not making any errors, any errors. But I want to talk about uh, eligible registered warrants and market structure. So market structure is very big if you're listening to me. Um, but let's just go through this very quickly. Define eligible, define register. This is a piece in, in, in progress, a work in progress that I'm sharing with you. Eligible, eligible versus registered side by side uh, about the vault accounting itself, moving physical metal keywords, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, this, let's start with a three minute video that, uh, not my video, it's been around, uh, that's going to uh, show you the words of the, uh, of, of the CMA, which are uh, from COMEX. According to COMEX, eligible gold and silver means all metal that is acceptable for delivery against the applicable metal futures contract for which a warrant has not been issued. Okay, that means eligible means it's passed the first test of uh, uniformity and requirements. Uh, it's been tested at the at the basic to advanced level, and it's been accepted as eligible for COMEX delivery. The word eligible register is really annoying, but it's eligible to be delivered if somebody wants to make it registered for delivery. Conversely, registered metal means an eligible metal for which a warrant has been issued. Uh, warrants are something we'll get into in more detail as well, but just today, I just wanna go through this. Here we go. In this video, we will explain COMEX eligible and registered metal. What is COMEX eligible metal? Eligible metal is metal that is delivered into a COMEX approved warehouse that meets the requirements to be eligible for delivery against a COMEX futures contract. To be accepted into the warehouse as eligible, the metal is first assayed at the metal owner's expense. To confirm the metal meets the standards and specifications, including weight and purity, required to be considered eligible for settlement. The metal is then transferred into a COMEX approved warehouse, again at the metal owner's expense using a COMEX-approved carrier, such as Brinks. Once the metal is accepted into the warehouse, it becomes part of total eligible COMEX stocks, meaning that total metal stocks or inventories increase. Registered metal is eligible metal that has been placed on the exchange for settlement of a futures contract. Not all eligible metal will become registered metal. In other words, not all metal stored in a COMEX warehouses as eligible metal will be used to settle futures contracts. Some will simply be stored in the warehouse vaults by the metal owners for himself or to be used to meet demand somewhere else. Therefore, total eligible metal inventories can increase and decrease without it having any effect on total registered inventories. When metal is placed on the exchange for settlement, a warrant is created. A warrant is basically a receipt for the metal. One could also think of a warrant as the title or claim check for the metal. In most cases, the warrant is stored with the owner's broker. When the metal is placed in exchange for settlement and the warrant is issued, the metal goes from eligible to registered. This means total eligible metal stocks will show a decline and total registered metal stocks will show an increase. When a trader takes delivery, it means he is taking physical delivery of the warrant. 
It does not necessarily mean they are taking physical delivery of the metal. The warrant is transferred from the seller's broker to the buyer's broker. The buyer may then do one of three things. The buyer may keep the metal as registered metal for delivery the next month. In other words, he basically resells the metal he just bought. In this situation... Okay, I'm just going to read this. This guy's going a little bit slower than I want him to. Once you buy the metal from someone else, you can either leave it there as registered so you can resell it. You can pull it out of registered and put it into eligible, meaning it stays in the warehouse, it fits the specifications, but it's not on the market for sale. Or you can actually have the metal shipped out of there. Boom, that's it. That's all we need to know about that for now. All right. Eligible meets COMEX vault specs. That's basic vault specs. So it's their criteria of a commodity. By the way, when it goes from eligible to registered, they test it again, supposedly. They test it at a higher level to make sure that it's really going to measure up the standards. You know, it's cursory versus in-depth. Uh, we're going to skip number two for a second. Includes all metal warehouse to COMEX, but not currently available for delivery against contracts. So that's all the metal in the vault. It's a vault, right? No warrant has been issued. When you hear warrant, think title. Think of a title of a house. We do not know who owns eligible publicly. So that's bearded. That's hidden. Bearded is a word for camouflaged in, in the trade. Just because it's there doesn't mean it's going to be used to delivery against the contract. It could just be being stored there. Right? Some of this metal can be made available for settling a futures delivery by converting it to registered, but that's not a given. You would assume, and I want you to assume this, that at a high enough price, all metal in eligible will be registered for sale. If somebody wants to sell it, it's there because that's why you have it there. Convenience to sell in a heartbeat if you want to. That's one of the main reasons. Some of this metal is merely using the COMEX vault for warehousing, escrow, collateral, et cetera, and pure storage will never and will never be used for, I say never because ostensibly never, but but you know, uh, if the price goes high enough, they'll be like, fine, I'll just sell it right here. Why even worry about all this other stuff? All right, a change in eligible inventory will not necessarily result in a change in registered inventory as new metal can come in via eligible specs. What does that mean? Okay, so if eligible goes up or down, that doesn't have to change. Right? So you can go in and out of eligible and not, re not registered. So what does this look like? I want you to think of it this way. It's a hotel with two rooms and there's that joint, that door that unlocks left and right room. You know, it's you and the kids, right? Your, family, your wife and the kids in the other room. One side is registered, one side is eligible. How do they differentiate them? Well, it's accounting. But there's a wall, there's a divider, right? And all this metal that's eligible that becomes registered and back and forth, it's just accounting. They, it, they're not taking it from one building to another. They're just basically, we used to say, you're throwing a sheet over it. You're throwing a sheet over it, it's not there anymore. It's no longer registered. It's no longer eligible, now it's registered. It's no longer registered, now it's eligible. Throw a sheet over You don't literally, like, they wouldn't even move it. But I want you to think of it as two rooms with a door and you're just going back and forth in the room that's all it's not it's not uh physically uh pain in the ass on the other hand when you see real metal being moved not always but when you see real metal being moved in size out of either from eligible to register registered to out meaning taking delivery standing for delivery someone standing for delivery or register to eligible back in the other way. So it's metal out. Eligible becomes registered. Registered goes out. Metal in. Uh, 
nowhere to registered, registered to eligible, or or nowhere straight to um I'm right straight to eligible. If you see numbers that are close to three million ounces, I want you to think those are real physical players. Those are not games being played. Games are played, but three million. Why is that number important? It may have changed, but back in the day, I wanted to know. One day I saw like 20 million ounces changed. And I'm like, that's a lot. You know, how does that work? So I, I actually went down to uh, uh, the uh, uh, the Republic, it was Republic at the time, Vault. And I'm like, if I want to take delivery of silver, how would I take it? And they said, you have to go through this. And there's there's an elevator that comes up out of the ground. And, and I'm like, well, how, how much can you get out of day? He's like, ah, 3 million. 3 million is their number because how many hours are there in it? We're talking about 3 million ounces of silver, right? Gold's different, right? You can move more gold, not, but it's also a lot more money. But physically to move 3 million ounces of silver is you just not enough hours in the day to do it. So when you see a number that's 20 million or 10 million, you're like, that's just a, that's an accounting change. But when you see three, 2.8, think about that. That's real metal being moved one way or another, purposely for physical uh, behavior. All right, so that's that's that. Uh, registered, meets COMEX vault specs, blah, blah, blah. You can see all that, I'll leave that up on the screen. I wanna talk about market structure for a second. One of the things that's key that's been, that's that represses the price of silver has been how the, uh, and gold, has been how the delivery of contracts is structured. And what I mean by that? Well, it seems innocuous on the face of it, but longs, let's say you're, you're in a delivery situation, longs must declare that they want delivery. They stand for delivery. I'm using the words wrong, but there's proper words. Longs say, I want delivery. And then shorts respond. Shorts don't say, I'm making delivery who want, shorts don't look for, for people who want delivery. So there's two people with a contract. Uh, a long and a short. First notice date comes, expiration comes. The short doesn't have to do anything if he really wants to make delivery. He just sits there and the long gets tapped by his uh, by his bank and says, okay, it's expiring. Where do you want your metal? And the long says, I don't want it. I don't want it. Well, then then the, the, the exchange goes, well, you better reissue, right? So that's that you're getting into deadlines, things like that. But what happens is the long must declare first. And in doing that, you give the short precious time to source, right? It's like playing poker. This guy has to say, what, or, or, or buying a car. This guy has to say if he's going to do it or not before you react. You have the luxury of reacting if you're, if you're, uh, if you're short. And the reason it was set up that way is because the exchange, the contract on the exchange is so big, excuse my, my fingers there. The exchange has um, such big contracts for a reason because it's institutional and they wanted to protect the most important participants on the exchange. And they were the producers and they were represented by the bullion banks, right? So you want, and there's just good reason for this. You want the marketplace to be um, reliable. So you want to protect the producers. You want to protect the people physically putting silver on the exchange. So you give them kind of like a right of first refusal. You know, um, uh, you give them time to react. And the reason that there's a lot of things going on around that, but what that does is 
in combination with deeper pockets versus not deeper pockets, what ends up happening is you have longs that must declare they want delivery and shorts that don't have to. And all the shorts have to do is wait for them to declare. And if, as soon as they declare, then they have to get it. But as soon as they don't declare, when the deadline goes by, the shorts can assume that the market's going down. Now the shorts may not be selling uh, at the producer level because they've already hedged, right? But the bullion banks that represent them have that information. They have that, oh, he blinked. It's a tell. And so that encourages, that encourages the short side of the market to go. So as long as metal's not being taken out, it encourages a short side. Now we can get into what the market's doing and why it's doing all that. But I just want to understand that market structure was created to protect the um, integrity of the exchange. And in doing so, they made it lopsided because by protecting the integrity of the exchange, you protected, uh, you protected the producers, right? And by protecting the producers, you protect who represents them, the banks, right? And by protecting them, you disadvantage the longs. Now, without saying that uh, COMEX hates people and, you know, there's a disease. We don't, we, I don't doubt that. But the market is structured to tell you to be bearish. If I were a trader at a bank and I knew all this, I would be incentivized to be short because you're long silver. I'm shorted. I borrow at 2% from the Fed, well, 5% now. You borrow at 20% off your credit card. I've got a guy behind me, a producer who's selling as well. He's got more to sell. Every month he's got more to sell. And so I'm like, wait a minute. And you're long and you have to tell me you want to buy before I tell you I want to sell. Because mind you, if you tell me you want to buy and I don't want to sell, I can go somewhere else and get it. It's the buyer that has to declare. Soon as you blink, boom, I'm going to just crush you because the market structure is incentivized to be bearish. I'll give you one real example, then I'll let you, let you all go. During the Hunt Brothers game there, what happened was the exchange was worried they didn't have enough silver and they didn't want to break the contract. So all the membership, the important membership, the, the, uh, uh, the board got together. And who's on the board? Well, the, the producers. The producers are the ones who were going to have to make delivery of metal that they didn't have. And so the exchange under the CFTC's nod of approval said, we're going to allow you to, we're not going to intervene and stop the, uh, uh, the Hunt brothers from buying because really they're not doing anything wrong, uh, but we're going to let the exchange do what it has to do to save itself. So the exchange said liquidation only means you can't add, you can only close, right? So the silver producers were short. And they couldn't sell more shorts, but the longs couldn't buy more longs. So the Hunt Brothers were leveraged, right? And so a five cent move to them lower was like a 25 cent move in their wallet. A five cent move higher for these guys, well, they just borrow money from their bullion banks. And so it becomes a waiting game, right? Liquidation only. And so the Hunt Brothers just got, got squeezed out that way. Now, why did they do that? Because they hate the Hunt Brothers? Yeah, okay, they hate the Hunt Brothers. They, they did that. I'm telling you, they did. But, but, but the market structure is incentivized to protect the whales. That's it. A uh, little bit on the market itself today. See how this climb here? This is good. However, don't get excited. I'll tell you when to get excited. When it gets in here again, in this little channel area, when it breaches in there, you might want to say in here, but I'm going to say in here. When it gets in here, you're bullish. 
and you're bullish until it gets to here. And then you either take your profits or cross your fingers. If it gets above here, you're more bullish. That's it. Here, I want you to look at this as, as a technician would. This is a bear flag. Also be aware that the open interest is very low. Everyone's been talking about that. That's a combination of reasons. And, and it's, it's long-term and short-term. The long-term reason for open interest being low is because of Basel III, there's less speculation. Interest rates are higher. There's less people playing. Uh, uh, there's less uh, open interest. There's less, there's less interest, right? Uh, the other reason it's low is because this is the time of year uh, between, well, it's summertime. You can have the market go up, up during this time of year, but the open interest generally craters between now and uh, October. Uh, so it may it may go up a little between now and August, but generally speaking, it's on a downswing and then it goes starts going back up in November. Now, not always the case, but generally the case. The other thing is I want you to pay attention to is that silver's open interest is actually decidedly long right now from CTAs, so small um, uh, retail type investors. So they've been buying silver a lot, which is kind of interesting because these guys don't buy dips. They usually buy strength. So I think this is something to watch. And my guess is these people are buying with a story attached. Chinese going to come out. The Fed's going to stop, stop raising rates. I just want you to be careful that in a thin market with small open interest, where the CTAs, which are generally the retail, have a big portion of the... Uh, of the speculative positions, we're talking about a lot of undercapitalized players. So if it goes good, it's probably going to rocket. And if it goes, but but not rocket that much. If it goes bad, you might have a day where this thing just washes out because the Fed says they're going to raise in July or, or August or whatever they're going to raise. But that's what I want to leave you with. So right here, play long or short, I don't care. But above here, you're happy. Above here, you're happier. Inside here, you should be friendly to the market. That's it. I'm Vince and have a great day.